You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. At this time, now let's go behind enemy lines and welcome in our guest this week. And there he is uh, from Six Rings and Football Things, which I touted at the beginning of this podcast. I said it's probably the best podcast name that we've had on yet when it comes to uh, any any team we've played this year. We've, we've typically brought on someone from a sister or brother podcast here in the Odyssey family of podcasts. Mm. And I'm telling you, I love the six rings of football things. I mean, it's it's a nice little flex for what the team in New England has accomplished. And uh, it's just catchy. But we have Mr. Fitzy, uh, part uh, one of the co-hosts, Fitzy and Andy, for the Six Rings of Football Things podcast. Fitzy, thank you for taking time uh, and joining me today. Tyler, or as you would be known up in New England, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, yeah. Tyler, kid, how are you? <laughs> hey, how are you? Uh, great to be here, my man. It's interesting you say that because Six Rings of Six Rings of Football Things, that is, is as it is known for short, it's also the name of our postgame show on WEIFM in Boston, um, which is always a good time. Um, there's nothing like hearing Danny from Quincy and uh, Ronnie from Holbrook calling in. That's it. I can't handle Patricia no more. Belichick has lost his marbles. I'm going to go cry on my pile of championship T-shirts. You say, you, know, it's I- an, you say it's a flex. Some people might say six rings is a reality check because uh, it might be a while till we get another one. Hey man, it's been my whole life and we haven't got one yet. So uh, I, I would know. I would trade you any day for the six rings. But and, uh, uh, I know, uh, and, you know, that's something I've always wondered. I've always wondered because in in the valley, as we call it, mm-hmm. Phoenix oh, that, Suns, that's where I am emotionally right now. But yeah, the valley. Okay. Yeah. Well, the my fe- football team can't can't even stage a high school level offensive attack. Just when our basketball team and our hockey team kicked the crack out, crap out of a couple teams out west, apologies in advance, or should I say, um, okay, for what so the Bruins. To, wait, so the Bruins played the, the Coyotes. Was that last night as well? No, they played the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche and won four nothing in Colorado. But they're playing the car. They're playing the Coyotes coming. I'm not a hockey fan at all. Yeah, not, but I, don't tell anyone. Um, neither am I really. I mean, okay. I, I, I love hanging out with Bruins fans and I love going to games, but hockey is clearly number four yeah. on my professional sports pecking order or totem pole. And and soccer, uh, football, as they like to call it around the rest of the world, yep. could be creeping up into that four spot. But I still love the Bruins. That said, they're going out to play the husk of humanity that is the shell of a hockey team, the Coyotes. Uh, tomorrow, the day after that, that should be an absolute shellacking. So well, the this is teams what, are crushing the desert. It's just, that's London. what I was getting into. I go, I bet there's a lot of Boston, uh, fans out here, uh, this weekend. I mean, coming yeah. out to the, the Valley in December, 
I mean, you know, our high right now is like 50. Our low is like, I don't know, 40 something. I mean, it's it's compared to what I'm sure you guys are expecting or what you're getting hammered with out there. But so you had last night, the Suns Uh got destroyed by the Celtics. And now the Coyotes, and I knew, I thought that's what this was. It was the Coyotes were going to play the Bruins sometime this weekend. And then I knew it was being capped off by the Patriots uh, come Monday. So a nice weekend for Boston fans here in in Phoenix. Well, Um, you would think it is, except for the fact that, you know, somebody went and took a number one in our Cheerios because our most beloved baseball player who – we were I told saw that time today. and again, yep. yeah, was the tent pole of the organization, a franchise pillar, and who would be promised, you know, Derek Jeter, Red Sox for life status, Xander Bogut, Xander. Sunny San Diego, right? Yeah, where they have $900 million tied up to three shortstops over the next 10 years. So apologies in advance <laughs> for the pain in the ass that he's going to be to the Diamondbacks over the next 10 years because he's a oh, great yeah. guy and a really good ball player. Yeah, man. Ah. Uh. You're just reminding me of all the pain of Arizona sports. But uh, let's get into You already kind of alluded to it. The elephant in the room. The Arizona Cardinals have had their own offensive woes and frustrations. I mean, that's really the identity, what's supposed to be the identity of this team. And it hasn't been. Um, Cliff Kingsbury was hired to be an offensive guru and has been all but. Uh, with that being said, I know I did a, a couple of Boston uh, shows or, or over the last couple of days here. and the the what i kept getting was that the fan base out there is very frustrated with matt patricia and uh then i saw the clip from i believe it was you guys playing the bills last week uh of of mac jones getting very upset with matt patricia as well kind of yelling at him to throw the ball down the field which is funny in some ways for us because we've seen moments on the sideline of kyler murray getting into spats with Cliff this year. So, uh, I I mean, it's almost like Jack, I felt like this has been this way a couple times this season with some of the struggling teams. It's like the uh, Spider-Man meme where you're pointing at each other, right? Like that, this uh, is the umpteenth spy. I was just going to say, this is the umpteenth Spider-Man meme game of the year for the Patriots. The Patriots are not good enough to compete with the elite teams of the NFL, AFC or NFC. Every time they go up against an elite quarterback, a whole and complete roster, uh, they just they don't hang. Uh, they, they may even come close. But last week's game against Buffalo, that was just three hours of, you know, somebody just getting put in a chokehold and just eventually like the ref called it when the final whistle went off. But you could have called it at the half midway through the third quarter. Like it was a terrible football game, a terrible football game. And the in addition to injuries, and I know this has been an issue as well with Arizona, offensive line woes and injuries as well, that being a centerpiece of what's gone on and what's gone wrong for the 2022 Patriots. Play calling has been, to put it kindly, disastrous, inept, amateur, uh, pathetic at times, even like it's not progressive. It's not very creative. Uh, The play calling in Arizona at times has been, uh, I've long been a fan of the air raid or air raid style offense that Cliff Kingsbury and others use, because I just think it's fun. It reminds me of the good old days of Air Coriel, Don Coriel, San Diego Chargers, hang them high and let them fly football. Like that's, that's what made the NFL so great. That's what made fantasy football so much fun. And I, you know, and while Bill Belichick style, ground and pound, grind them to death style football also works and Hell, just win, baby, to quote the Raiders uh, and Al Davis. Both teams right now are a mess with injuries, Uh with quarterbacks who are lobbing F-bombs at their coordinators and or coaches. Mac Jones last week in slow-mo on the sideline on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, 
Kyler Murray actually dropping an F-bomb in a press conference because of <laughs> being outcoached and being a mess. Uh, you know, everything about what the Cardinals are should reek of impossible Madden-style offense to defend. The Cardinals should be as difficult to defend as, or borderline, the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. There's enough speed, there's enough talent, there's enough thought, there's enough dynamic, especially when you've got you know, that kind of wide receiver one and the wide receiving core, good running backs, and a water bug with a laser cannon arm like Kyler Murray. And yet still, um, oh, you guys can't string together two wins. You've got one win at home over like the last nine months uh, or 10 months, however long it's been. Like, and, and the Patriots just, people are calling the plays out. Like people are, the, the it, it's been so, it's been, Tyler, it's been so bad. Do you I guys just, run a million bubble screens like we do? Uh, um Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Do you guys also run? <laughs> do you guys run eighty percent of your pass plays behind the line of scrimmage? Yes, yes. Why? That's the biggest Why? frustration. What's fun to watch about that? Like, there's nothing enjoyable about watching this team on offense. Now, I, I think Pats fans legitimately, save for the lone touchdown they scored last week against Buffalo, which was scored by the rookie nickelback slash punt returner Marcus Jones would rather watch the team on special teams or defense than on offense these days. It's that bad. Your second-year quarterback, who was coming off a national championship, had an excellent, if not superb, rookie season and had a top-10 offense. And what they have been able to accomplish is to have Mac Jones and every player not named Ramondre Stevenson regress massively and statistically and emotionally in 2022 like it's terrible i could rattle off stats for you like uh hey, when when uh, jacob when jacoby myers is healthy he's been pretty consistent in fantasy i like him uh, jacoby myers <laughs> is a solid solid possession receiver right yeah he's you know he's never going to give you Devonte adams or d hop no. or uh you know he's a ppr Mike, Mike guy yeah, you know what a, i mean he's a ppr he's machine of, yeah. every team needs one i like him yeah sad state of affairs if he makes it to the open market he'll actually be according to pro football focus the highest rated receiver to make wow. it to free agency this year. But like, uh, look at this. Listen to this. Listen to this nonsense. The Patriots since week seven are 31st in yards per drive. 31st in scoring rate have no red zone touchdowns. That would be zero for everyone listening at home since week nine have the lowest rated red zone offense in the NFL, lowest rated rushing attack over the last six weeks, uh, have started a different offensive line uh, every week since week seven, but one, and have a reputation of being boring to watch, can't defend mobile quarterbacks, and elite wide receiver ones, both of which you guys have. So tell me, how are the Cardinals not going to go four quarters with, if not upset Well, I'll tell you how you guys get right for Monday, and, and we'll kind of get into some of your key talent, like Ramondre Stevenson and Hunter Henry here. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have allowed nine touchdowns against tight ends I, for the last decade. We have never figured out how to stop a tight end to save our life. So if you've got Hunter Henry on your, uh, I know this is a key week in the fantasy football world. Um, if you need a tight end, make sure you've queued him up because that's all the Cardinals do is give up points to tight ends. Uh, Hunter, it's 133 rating against the tight ends. That's how bad the Cardinals wow. are. Even with safeties like Buda Baker and linebackers like Zayvon Collins, you guys can't defend a tight end. Exactly. And wow. Isaiah Simmons. I mean, you yeah. drafted these guys with their freakish athleticism to stop the tight end. That was the whole point was, was to do that. Now, you know, I mean, Buda Baker's playing on a high ankle sprain and has since 
<laughs> the day he got the high ankle sprain. I mean, he he literally, I think he missed one practice. Uh, so, you know, he's not playing at 100%, but he's sure. still Buda, ba- Buda Baker at 60%. is probably still better than most backups in the league. So um, with that being said, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I know last week he averaged about five and a half yards per carry. Uh, the guy's been pretty consistent. We're terrible. I think it's 105 rating against running backs. I, I mean, we're we're terrible against the run game as well. So the key for the Patriots to win this week is – uh, we're really good at stopping wide receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've held a lot of those guys in check, and I think we'll get Byron Murphy back this week. So hopefully, you know, when we talk about a Jacoby Myers or some of those guys, uh, you know, on the outside, the, the team will – our defense and our secondary will hopefully be able to put that in check. But, again, the key here is going to be stopping the run game and, and stopping Hunter Henry. Um, I know the tight end has always been a focal point of the Patriots offense, especially during the Brady years. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see a lot of success coming out of Hunter Henry uh, over recent weeks? I haven't watched a lot of Pat's football. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of success period, let alone Since a lot of success. Si- I know he was a big, game. yeah, he was a big marquee signing for you guys a couple of years ago. And, and everyone thought he was going to be like the guy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And Belichick then, uh, loved him. Belichick loved him in high school and college, followed him and coveted him in his pro time. Uh, I remember in 2020 after the Patriots and Cam Newton beat up on the Chargers out at SoFi, uh, they went up to him. Uh, Belichick went up and gave a big hug. Everyone said that was basically him saying, I'm going to rescue you and sign you in the offseason. Spoiler alert, he did. The Patriots pay more to pass catchers, tight ends and wide receivers after that crazy uh, shore leave style, bad Hollywood producer spending spree that the Patriots went on last offseason in free agency than any other team in the NFL. So they have combined with Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker, uh, who else? That Kendrick Bourne, who is miserable and is begging to be sat down, released from the team, traded this offseason because it's been so bad and so dysfunctional. Uh, they pay the most and they get the least. I mean, they, they really do. It's, it's amazing how sad the ROI is on this Patriots offense. Well, John o. Smith was such a stud in Tennessee that last mm-hmm. year, right before you mm-hmm. guys signed him, and has if anybody... <laughs> been non-existent. Uh... If anyone can take a Mercedes, drive it onto the lot, and leave with a Ford, <laughs> these guys. And it's crazy. It is crazy, Tyler, because I'm sure the reputation, or at least you know, sense or whiffs um, of the reputation of like, well, it's Bill Belichick, smartest guy in football. It's the Patriots, Patriot way. They'll always outthink you. They make the right moves. They're they're cle- more clever than every team. All the tenants and hallmarks of Patriots football that with or without Tom Brady, and it was mostly with Tom Brady, led them on that double dynastic, nine Super Bowl appearance, six Super Bowl victory run over 20 years. And yet the crazy thing is now, over the last couple of seasons, what we're coming to learn about Patriots football is that they're pretty good. They can keep up with a lot of teams. They're not they're not good enough to be considered the elite or the class of their own division, let alone the league. And they're now becoming the team that commits more mistakes and makes more uncharacteristic errors than the other team. The stuff that we used to always laugh about. The stuff that we used to like puff our chests in our Gronk or Brady or Edelman jersey and go like, look at those losers over there running into the kicker, <laughs> offsides on the punt, chess over checkers, mother effers. Ha, 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 ha. Now these Patriots are the ones making those same mistakes and you do it long enough and it's not just anomalous or just sort of something that's happened as a bit of a you know regression back to the norm or like finding the mean. Like this is sort of becoming 
Patriots football. Like they they played every bit as well as the Vikings on that Thanksgiving night game when Mac Jones looked like the Mac Jones from Alabama, yet still missed blocks, poorly timed penalties, running into the punter to give him an extra shot at a touchdown, which turned out to be the difference in the game, and a complete inability to cover Justin Jefferson. And the way D Hop has looked since he came back, I, he may feed like you can't imagine Monday night. Between him and, and Hollywood Brown, right? I, I mean, the the Cardinals pre when D Hop was out for those six games, Hollywood Brown was a top receiver in the NFL. That connection between him and Kyler, their best buds, uh, you know, I it, we've only seen one game of them together, uh, all three of them, Kyler, Hollywood, and D and D Hop. So it will be interesting come Monday to see what that looks like with another week coming off the bye. I still think coming off the bye, it's just the Cardinal way that those pre-snap penalties won't be corrected and uh, our throwing behind the line of scrimmage won't be corrected either. So, uh, you know, you come off a of bye week, everything should be ready to go and, and cooking on all cylinders and be at better health. But the Cardinals have only gotten worse at health as they'll have a new offensive line uh, uh, pairing this, this week. Sure. Just uh, like us. I think it'll be Just the, like yeah, us. I think it'll be our ninth of the season, if I remember correctly. It's eighth oh, or ninth. Man. I mean, it's going to be bad. Do you so, guys think, hey, can I ask you from uh, from, yeah. from the way out, um, I just like aggregating as much perspective and info and analysis from people that like are part of the media, but I can tell like you and I, we got our fan caves. We still care about yeah, the course. team. We <laughs> wouldn't be allowed. We could probably get into, but we're not really allowed or liked in most press boxes. And that's the yeah. only way I know how to live. Do you do you like and or believe in Kyler and Cliff, either mutually respective of each other or working together as the future of the Cardinals? Like, are you in on Kyler or is he disappointing? And are you in on Cliff or is he just a better coordinator than coach? Kyler was the front runner for MVP last year going into the Thursday night football game. I think it was week eight. I should know this by heart uh, against the Packers last year. And it came down to a final drive. Yeah. He threw to AJ green in the end zone. AJ green doesn't turn around the right way. And, and ultimately we lose that game ever since then. Kyler got hurt in that game. So then he missed, I think it was the next three or four games. And ultimately has never been the same since. Um, Now, I see the dysfunction with Kyler and Cliff. So it, it leads me to believe that my hope is this isn't an RG3 scenario where you have a guy that is an MVB candidate, looks amazing, gets hurt. Now, granted, Kyler's injuries have never been to RG3's extreme, but maybe it's never the same guy again, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that that is where we're going. I'm not there yet. I'm not jumping off the uh, <laughs> the bridge yet for that. Um, I think the first step is is firing Cliff and getting someone in here that uh, wow. that Kyler's going to listen to. Uh, cause it, right now it almost seems like Kyler runs the show and, and Cliff is secondary. So, right. Uh, okay. You, you see it in, in the media, you see it on the, in the games. I mean, it just, it, it, it looks like I always make the analogy. I like the, uh, catch me outside girl, uh, when she was on with Dr. Phil the girl <laughs> famous catch me outside. How, just, how about that? Yeah. How she really like steamrolled her mom, right? Like you see teenagers that can be like that where they just, the parents have no control. And uh, that's kind of what it feels like with Kyler and Cliff in that relationship. <laughs>